What's up, my Tomies? I hope you're doing well. Listen, I'm on the set right now, and Tom is giving away six courses for the price of one. The Good Friday sale. Dang, it's too good. Six courses for the price of one. And so if you could not afford course by course by course, you better get in now. I can't even remember all the ones that they're doing. What's the first one? Peace of mind. Peace of mind is the first. Listen, if you don't have peace of mind, you need to get it. What's the next one? Creating in chaos. Listen, this is the one that takes care of the distortion of your life and gives you clarity in a way that you've never had it before. Next. Led. If you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, then you need to get this course because this is the one that's going to show you how to lead and guide your life through the Holy Spirit's prompting. <laughs> the back row guide to Easter uh, is 50% about Easter and 50% about people that have been hurt in church. And so if you have felt distant or, or in any way reticent about stepping back into a community, a household of faith, let this course be a blessing to you. Next, Peace of Mind 7-Day Devotional. Take everything from the course and break it down so that you can have seven days in a row when you're intentional about your peace of mind. And finally... Y'all been asking for it and we couldn't wait to give it to you. Upset the Vows is a course that Juliet and I will walk you through to get you some tips, some tools, some resources so that you and your spouse can be closer than you've ever been before. Upset the vows. Y'all giving away me and Juliet's juiciest stuff for the price of one course? Where they do that at? Well, I'll tell you why we did it. It's Good Friday. What the heck are we even doing? I need you to go to tomeapp.com slash Friday. But wait, there's one more thing. My name's Chris and I'm the CEO of Tome. And when we started Tome a few years ago, we had something called Tome Stories. And they were designed to help you understand what the Bible means in your everyday life. And because you've asked, we are bringing them back. And when you get Tim's Good Friday Easter bundle, you're going to get 12 months of Tome Stories absolutely free. Let's go! Welcome to the basement. Yo, it's safer down here Cause that hundred flow will leave you on the pavement And most of y'all like, wait a minute The stuff that I be thinking is the stuff that Timmy out here boldly saying Bow your heads, close your eyes, say your prayers God got purpose for your life, stay prepared We went viral and we didn't know who cared Shout out to all of y'all that clicked, subscribe and shared Hey, we are on our way Deathbed confessions, this is all I'll say Like my last $10, this is all I'll pay The basement's all inclusive, this and all I'll stay Believers, church hurt, atheists, agnostics Deconstructionists and whatever your other optics Press B and let's see what can be When we ask the Holy Spirit to come between you and me Welcome to the basement, ladies and gentlemen I am your host, Tim Ross I hope you're all are doing well I love you guys, I'm so grateful uh, that you're just riding with us. So shout out to my press bees, shout out to my dwellers, shout out to our promoters, those that listen on iTunes and Spotify. I guess I gotta, I, I have to appreciate the difference between the audio people and the visual people, right? Like all the YouTube people are like, they're visual people. And all the audio people are like, we don't like your face. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to see you ever. Just, 
you have more of a radio face, Tim. Just <laughs> that's why we have you on in the car because we don't want to see your face. That may or may not be true. If it, whatever, my mommy and my wife think I'm hot, so I think that's good enough for me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm too excited today. I cannot tell you how hyped I am for my guest today. Um, I, I I could I could have a very long preamble to this. Uh, I do want to say that I consider this man uh, a mentor of mine uh, that I get to have. Uh, some proximity to, uh, which I think I've won the human lottery as a result of that. Uh, he is uh, one of the most significant contributors uh, to um, thoughts around negotiation, uh, ego, authority, or failure. He actually wrote a book. I picked it up uh, in 2020, and it literally, um, most people say uh, books change your life. This confirmed the way I think about life. I didn't have language for um, my thoughts around ego, authority, and failure, and I came across this book, and I metabolized it, and this is, uh, all of my leadership is literally based on the principles that come from this book. So if you all don't have it and don't know who my guest is today, uh, you certainly will, and you should pick up the book. But I want to present to some and introduce to others uh, the incomparable Derek Gunt. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go! <laughs> he is here. I'm so happy. Oh, wow. Wow. I feel weird even calling you Derek. I want to call you like Mr. Gaunt. Like, I just feel like. Again, when you have somebody that you consider a mentor, you don't know where to step at first. They, they got to tell you. So, uh, Derek is fine. Okay, yes, sir. Thank you so much. I was going to be Sir Derek. I was going to be Mr. Gunn. I was going to be, be called a lot. <laughs> I, I, I don't need those. So, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure, man. We, uh, started, we started talking about this, what, fall of last year? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. And you were gracious enough to... Uh, this date was on the calendar from last year. Yeah. Like, it didn't move around. It wasn't like, you know, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. Let's push it back. Let's do this. So thank you so much. It means a lot uh, that you would come. Uh, I, I need to set up how we met. Yeah. And then uh, I, I just want you to kind of share with us kind of where you're from, how you got to where you are. Yeah. Uh, and then we can go wherever you want. So what happened was uh, uh, I read a book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. He's uh, been a guest on. And uh, I read the book in 2019 and started looking up all things Black Swan and found out that there uh, was a two-day training in San Diego, California. So I fly out to San Diego, and uh, it's a two-day event. I walk in. I don't know what to expect. I just know... I'm a nerd and I want whatever's in this room, right? So I'm when 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 you think black swan and negotiation, well Chris wrote the book so you don't think about a team or whatever. I'm just thinking it's going to be Chris in there, maybe an admin. Well, Chris rolls in with this whole team and the one that's the most vocal outside of Chris is Derek. And so I'm like, "Oh, there's a brother here." I'm I'm excited because I'm actually the only black dude here. There's 40 people there. I'm the only African-American in the room, right? So we're, we're uh, there day one, and there is this iconic 
uh, little drill uh, scenario that they run called 60 Seconds or She Dies, right? And I've seen Chris do it on YouTube and da-da-da-da and talk about it on the Masterclass. Uh, but we were about to get an up-close-and-personal experience of this, right? So there's 40, there's 40 people. There, there's 10 at each table. And uh, everybody wants to be involved in 60 Seconds or She Dies. So every table they go to, everybody's like, pick me, pick me, pick me. So they go, I'm at table three or four. Uh, Derek's running it. It's not Chris, it's Derek. And, sir, you can have, when you want to, one of the most intimidating dispositions I have ever seen. When you, like, you have a warm smile on your face and, <laughs> you know, but when you drain that blood out of your face and just go straight <laughs> dog, like, it is, it is so intimidating. So you go to table one, table two, table three, there's, there's 10 people at the table. At least six have their hands raised. I don't. I don't want the smoke. <laughs> I've seen two scenarios already. I don't want this smoke, fam. Okay. So he comes to the table. There's six people eagerly waving their hands. Please pick me. He walks past me, past three of the people that have their hands raised, does a spin, and hands me the mic. And I'm like, sir. <laughs> What did I do to you? <laughs> Is it my hair? Did I wear her? What did I do that you're picking on me? And he was like, when you're ready, say ring, ring. I mean, and I was already like, I, 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 I'm about to pee. Um, it is one of the most stress-inducing scenarios. Yeah. Even though it's a hypothetical, yeah. your blood pressure literally goes straight up, yep. heart beat, dry mouth, and y'all did this for a living. This is just a scenario, and I'm I'm already shook. And um, sixty seconds, so she dies, and I'm like, I, uh, sir, I think I, I mean, it was, it was a lot. Yeah, by design. By design, I got through it. The way it ended was, I said, when will this be over? So it wasn't even like a. I, I was like, this is too much for me. But it was after like two or three minutes. I think I went. We went uh, about four minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a long time under those circumstances. So that was, that was dope. Okay. I got to say one more story, and I promise I'm going to shut up no, for a while. Go for it. The next day, yeah. the final uh, exercise we did was based on. Sabaya. Uh, yep. Uh, just for context, there was um, a a hostage crisis in the Philippines, and they actually reenact the the whole scenario. And he takes the role of Sabaya, who was the hostage uh, taker during that time. If you thought the first day I described was intimidating, this man comes out full character, bandana on. And they asked me to be the lead hostage negotiator. <laughs> you, you, you sit down at these tables and you're trying to negotiate. Based on all the information that was given in the real hostage uh, negotiation, we have to reenact it and, and try to come to the same conclusion that helped free those uh, hostages. And 
we sit down. I'm not confident, <laughs> okay? Uh, I got my whole team with me, and I sit down, and I got smoked in under three minutes. You jump up from the table, and you walk away. I have never felt more like a failure in my life in a hypothetical scenario. And it was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Like I got humbled in such a way because when you when you're when you're learning to do something new, if you're not willing to fail, you first of all you won't even show up. Secondly, you won't get back up. No. And, and man, third, you don't learn. And you don't learn. That thing stayed with me. It actually stayed with me too long. I had to go see my therapist. <laughs> I'm not lying. That, that's no cap. Like, I, I, like, it was unhealthy the way it stayed with me because I couldn't let it go. I'm like, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Like, I literally couldn't just take the L and learn from it. I wanted a do-over. And I knew I was gonna get one, <laughs> so it was it was um, uh, it was that feeling, and then this book that made it all make sense. So I just wanted to give people some. And when we left, surprisingly, you were like, "Hey, man, give me your number, or take my number, and let's stay in touch." And I was just shocked because I thought this dude flamed me two days in a row. You probably never want to see me again. Yeah. <laughs> and he gave me his number. Hey, call me. And and we've literally stayed in touch. Yep. And so um, I just wanted to give people that backstory. But, man, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It means yeah. the world to me. Thank you for inviting me. Man. Yeah. 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 So, okay. I, we take us take us from the point of origin you would feel most most comfortable. But we I kind of want want them to hear about you. Yeah. So, uh I graduated from high school in like 80, what was it, 83? Okay. And I, I was like Kane in Kung Fu. I just wandered the earth <laughs> trying to um, trying to figure out what what was next, you yeah. know? And, and if, I, if I could do it all over again, I probably would do it the same way because uh, my life has borne fruit that I never expected. Yeah. Uh, and it did so because I took the steps that I took, or more importantly, didn't take the steps that many people thought I should have taken. Mm. And um, I decided in 88 that I was going to throw my hat in the ring and try out law enforcement. And um, the advice I had been given was, you need to go with the first agency that tells you yes. Because back then, it was a very difficult profession to break into. Yep. And so I had multiple applications at multiple agencies. And um, at the top of the list was uh, the Alexandria Police Department in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, right across the river from Washington, D.C. And um, they hired me. And uh, I, I did regular patrol work for the first 18 months. Mm -hmm. But at the time that I started, it was, um, it was during that time where we were at the tail end of the crack epi epidemic. <sighs> Um, 80s, yeah, late 80s, late 80s for sure. Uh, DC was flirting with 500 homicides a year, um, and so it was just a, it was a different environment. So yeah. they, they pulled me out of um, regular patrol du duties and put me into a specialized drug unit where we just concentrated on street level narcotics. Uh, so to give you 
a little bit more perspective, we had a, a vice and narcotic section that went off after mid and upper level um, controlled substance dealers. Mm-hmm. And then we had my guys, the jump out boys, where we were doing street level rips. Um, and so <laughs> the jump out boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That we were called, uh, we were called the jump out boys because that's literally what we did. We wrote, we, we drove around an old, beat up vehicles we were all in plain clothes and when we rolled up that's what we did the driver would stay in the car three other people would jump out and that's uh, crazy it would often look like a kidnapping in fact we got called on us many times why because people would be driving by and said hey these four dudes just they just roped this guy up threw him in this old ratty looking car and they took him off wow um and so um i find it interesting that the acronym is job yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That was my job. And and it's funny too because we weren't all boys. You know, right, there, right. There, there were women on the team as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. But that was a a a, a um a name given to us by people within the community because yeah. they saw the way we we did our enforcement. Now, man, uh pardon my interruption. Let me just ask this question. Yeah. Because my mother worked for the LAPD for 30 years. She was non-sworn, mm-hmm. but that put me around law enforcement. That's what I went to school for because I wanted to be a homicide detective. Mm-hmm. So I studied administration of justice. 18 months is short to be on the street before you get put to a specialized unit. It am, is. I, am I right or yeah, wrong? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It is. It is. And it, it, it didn't – I like to think that it was because they recognized my ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it was more out of necessity. Yeah, for sure. Because of, of what was going on yeah. at the time. It was snowfall. Um, <laughs> it, without question. Yeah, it was snowfall. Without question. It, and, and, DC? And, and all of these kids um, were um, coming into large amount of cash yep. in very short time period. And these are kids, man. Yeah. Their brains haven't even fully formed yet. Right, yeah. And so they don't know how to handle that. Yep. And then, uh, you know, well, he's got that. I want that. Yeah. Let me catch him slipping. Yeah. And I'm going to run up on him and take his stuff. Yeah. And this guy over here is like, I'm not going to be run up on and have my stuff taken. Yeah. And so you get these dueling factions and and bodies were just falling mm. everywhere. Mm. And so I think that had as much to do with it uh, as anything. But what I learned in that job is there was a narcotics nexus to almost every single crime going on in the city. Wow! Somewhere along the line, narcotics was a part of the was a part of the equation. Whether it was burglary, yep. whether it was auto theft, yep. whether it was homicide, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the people that we were encountering had information that I needed. Mm. Mm. And it wasn't long before I recognized, wait, depending on how I talk to these people will determine what kind of information I get from them. Mm. I thought that that was the coolest thing in the world. I could say specific things in a specific manner to elicit specific information that was going to lead me to the proverbial bigger fish. Yep, yep, yep. And I thought that's that's pretty cool. So I honed, I started to hone those skills in my time in Jump Out, and then um, the opportunity, because like you, I always wanted to be a detective. 
Okay. You know, yeah. You know, cops are A types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detectives yeah. are the A types of the A types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. When when the patrol guys can't figure it out, right. they, they call the detectives. That's right. That's right. And so I said, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I put myself in a position to compete for a spot, and I got that spot in '94. Wow. I, I started wow. off as a youth detective where I was doing basically any crimes where the where the victim or the suspect was under the age of 18 would fall to me with the exception of um serious sexual abuse because that's a specialized SVU yep um so but any you know so I, I it ran the gamut yeah. runaways gang activity whatever yep and so um from from youth I went to auto theft I went then I went to the actual gang unit um and it was during that time frame so now we're right around 97 okay and I would I said I like this idea of communicating with people in order to influence them to give me information because the people that I dealt with, um, they were normally reluctant to give information for, for one of three reasons. They wanted to minimize their exposure mm-hmm. to the criminal justice system. They didn't want to be viewed as a snitch or they were tra- traumatized by whatever it is that they witnessed. Right. Right. And absolutely. So, and so they're holding on to information for one of those three reasons, but it was my job to get it out of. Yep. And um, so I became a detective right around 97. I started to toy with the, this idea of hostage negotiations. I had done a couple of role play exercises for the hostage negotiation team. I thought it was pretty cool. And um, this would take my communication skills to an, a, an intense level. Yep. And that's what I was looking for. Yeah. And so there were five vacancies on the team at the time. Um, I can't remember how many of us competed, but the odds were pretty good. Yeah. That just by default, I was going to get one of those five spots. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Um, and so I, I got the spot, and I never looked back, man. I became a student of the game. So I started my hostage negotiation career in 97, became the team leader in 2001, became the team commander in 2004. And that's a position that I held up until the time that I actually um, left law enforcement. But um, – this seems like the most expedited law enforcement career I've ever heard of in my life. Like, like from the time you got in in 88, yeah. <laughs> the way you, that's, that is so fast. Yeah. Like I, LAPD is like beat cop is mandatory for years. Yeah. Now, even with the necessity of the crack epidemic kind of, we need bodies, right? And we need bodies to throw at this epidemic and curtail some of the carnage that's happening mm-hmm. in the community. To go from jump out boy <laughs> to hostage negotiator, that's still swift. Yeah, in retrospect, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, I can tell you, quite frankly, in the moment, I was like, what's taking so long? Mm-hmm. You know, you know mm-hmm. I remember one of the guys that I work with, um, I was bemoaning the fact that I wasn't eligible to compete for detective at this particular juncture in my career early on. And he says, how long have you been here? <laughs> and, I, and I said, I, I, I've been here two years. I should and he was, <laughs> I should be the chief. And he, <laughs> and he looked at me, he goes, you're lucky you have a job. Wow. Said, yeah, good point. <laughs> I'll be over here if you need me. 
I'll shut up now. Yeah, no, it's been, that's, I'm just, I see everything uh, in my head. Like everything you're, you're saying, yeah. I'm actually watching it. I'm not even listening. I'm hearing you, but I'm watching you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm watching this and I'm going, no, that's fast. Yeah. That's very, very fast. So you stepped into being a hostage negotiator and take us through that again. Like from the moment you stepped into. Yeah. So the steps. So the steps are, it's like, um, think of an, an internal posting for a job. Yep. So I got to go and interview for this job just like I would any other job. Yep. Um, and it's usually a panel interview where there's between three and five people who are asking you questions in succession. Mm hmm. And then uh, they evaluate your responses, and then they put you into one of three categories. Highly recommended, recommended, not recommended. Mm. And so they pull from the highly recommended category first. If they mm -hmm. exhaust that, mm -hmm. then they start pulling from the recommended category. Um, and so I got highly recommended, and they, they, they picked me up, and I thought, this, this is it. Wow. This is it. This, this, is, this is where I wanted to be. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier... Detectives were the A-types of the A-types. Yep. Anybody in a specialized assignment like hostage negotiation and SWAT operations, upper-level stuff, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, sir. We are the ones that the cops call when they get in trouble. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so um, now it's funny because I knew I wanted negotiations over SWAT because, I've, you know, as I said, I participated in many role-play exercises, and I watched these SWAT guys outside. In the summertime, kitted out with all of their gear, mm -hmm. sweating, <laughs> hating life, worried, worried about where their next drink is going to come from, worried about where they're going to have to go to the bathroom because they're still human beings. They got to they gotta attend yeah. to those. And then I look over and I see the negotiators. <laughs> In a van. In a van. <laughs> with, with the air, AC. With the AC is on. I'm watching it. They're eating pizza. <laughs> They're talking about strategy. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's where I need to be. I am a firm believer in working smart, not working hard. <gasps> Cheers to that. And uh I, and 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 I fell for those SWAT guys, but I said that's that's where that's where I want to be. So but I committed myself to learning as much about the discipline as I could. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a total immersion. And as you know, because you went through some of our training, this is tantamount to learning a new language. It is. Right? Yeah, it absolutely is. And I don't know how many of you guys are proficient in a language other than your own, your native tongue. Yep. But think about how long it took you to get to that level of proficiency. Yeah. And so I knew I needed to become a student of the game. I needed to... Look at the history mm -hmm. that would help me build steps for improving it. Yep, the future. And so I, I was, I was, I was all in. Now my problem, if you can call it a problem, is um, I only spent four years as an actual negotiator before I got promoted. Now I'm taking on management responsibilities for the negotiation team. Yeah. So. I would have loved to have gotten more phone time mm. than I actually did. But, mm -hmm. you know, once you start becoming a boss, you yep. know, operationally, you start to get rolled back. Yep. And so, but that didn't stop my hunger for learning different methods for hostage barricade management. Now I've been out of the business for six years. Um, but 
I'm confident that if if whatever happened and I was thrust back into that environment again, I would bring just as much value to the table yep. uh, in hostage barricade management. Not because I'm special. Understood. Just because I'm a student. Yes, sir. And I and I watch and I learn and I apply. Yep. And so um one of our sergeants left the team in two thousand and four in two thousand and one. Um, I had just become a sergeant, you know, something I thought I'd never do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> it was a boss, and yeah, I didn't yeah, want yeah. to be viewed as a boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And um, there were things that were going on within the agency, and as a frontline guy, you're always, uh, they're always messing with us. Why are they doing this? Why? And somebody looked at me one day and said, you know, instead of running your mouth and complaining all the time, why don't you do something about it? Mm. Meaning, why don't, if you want to change it, yeah. Become the change yeah, that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, become yeah, yeah. that become that sergeant that everybody wants to uh, work for. Right. And so I said, Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get promoted. And I messed around and got promoted. <laughs> and so never in my history of life have I heard somebody say, and then I messed around and, <laughs> and got, got promoted. promoted. Yeah. Not demoted. I've heard demoted. <laughs> I've heard fired. I never heard nobody messing around and getting promoted. And and so that's 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 from my perspective mm-hmm. uh because I will tell you that the happiest that I was in law enforcement take the team out of the equation. Mm-hmm. The happiest that I was in law enforcement was when I was in jump outs. Yeah. Wow. That was that was an insane I you know I would look at people that I worked with closely and I'd be like I can't believe that we get paid to do this. Wow. That's how much. But then again, you know, I was a young gun. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. you know, I can say that now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but so when I say I messed around and got promoted, yeah, that's when, you know, things took on a more serious nature for me. It, yeah. was, it was more, all right, people are counting on me. Right. I'm responsible for things. Yep. If somebody on my team or my squad or my group yep. screws up, yep. it's on me. Yeah. For sure. And so the mindset's a little bit different, and I'm maturing. You know, yeah, I'm older absolutely. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, to make a long story longer, my uh, one of the sergeants left the team, and they put me in a um, in a team leadership role. Yep. So I could get on the phone again, but that wasn't my job. Mm-hmm. And like we we talked about earlier, you know, it's important to train your folks up. That's right. Give them the marching orders. That's right. And let them know. Get out of their way. That's right. That's the position that I was in now. Yep. Did you enjoy it? Um, I enjoyed um, the mentorship, the okay. mentoring. Okay. It, it, I enjoyed the mentoring. I, I enjoyed, I wanted, so let me, let me rewind this. The normal um, way this works is you get promoted and remind you, remember, I'm, in, I'm a detective. Right. I get promoted. You don't stay in that specialized assignment. You get get back to the road. So I go from the detective bureau back to the patrol division. Oh, wow. Where, where I get a group of seven to eight officers. Mm-hmm. Um, and my job is to manage them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really irritated me when I was in patrol or in the detective bureau was the lack of quality in initial reporting 
by the patrol officer. So somebody breaks into your house. They're going to send a patrol guy out here to take the initial report. Roger. He's going to go back to his supervisor. His supervisor is going to proof that original report, and then they're going to submit it as a permanent part of the record. And then in a couple of days, you get a phone call. This is Detective Gaunt from the Denton Police Department. I'm, I'm following up on the burglary. I'm going to come out. love to talk to you. Uh, what time's better for you? And then the detective comes out, sits down with you, and then he gets supplemental information mm-hmm. from you. Well, as a detective, I was always a little miffed at the lack of clarity mm. and the lack of information that was contained in that original report to the point was where I would go back out to your house after that burglary, and I would say, Mr. Ross, I want you to pretend like the police never came mm. and tell me the whole story from beginning to end. And I guarantee you, you're going to give me details that are not in that report. Yep. Not because you didn't tell them. Right. They not just didn't I, record it. That's right. I wasn't withholding it. Yeah. And so I said, yeah, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to patrol and fix this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show these guys how to start working cases. So they're fullest. Before, you know, work it to the point where it, is, it, it eclipses their ability or it's outside of their expertise. Yeah. And then we'll turn it over to the detective bureau. But as long as we still have leads to run with at the patrol level, you're going to do it. Yeah. Man. You know how much pushback I got on that? <laughs> oh. People, uh, they, they were losing their minds that I was asking them to do police work. Wow. Wow. They said, I just want to do this initial report, turn it over to the detectives. I said, no, we're not doing that. You got leads to follow up here. Yeah. Do your job. Hello. Your job. Hello. <laughs> and I, this, this person will remain um, anonymous. Uh, but in this one particular caper, this guy goes in to a, um, an industrial uh, HVAC place. Okay. And he orders a roof-mounted HVAC system for a, a commercial space. They provide it to him. And he leaves. Three weeks later, that company calls the company that this person worked for and said, you guys going to fulfill your invoice? What's up? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Well, they'll say, yeah, uh, so-and-so came by three weeks ago, picked up this unit. And they're like, we fired him six months ago. So they call us. (laughs) One of my patrol guys goes there. And I said, all right, what do you got? He goes, yeah, he came and he ordered it, and he got fired six months ago, and they, they, they have him on camera coming in, making the order, and we have his ID. We know who he is. I was like, cool, go get a warrant. He was like, what? Well, don't the detectives want to follow this up? I was like, follow up what? You got him. He, he's, he, that's it. He's, <laughs> he's right there. Yeah, it's, it's done. So he goes, oh, I can tell he doesn't want to do it because it means he's got to do the original report. He's got to do the supplements. He's got to do the case jacket. He's got to prepare for court. He has to do his work. He has to do his job. God forbid. God forbid. You got to do your job. Uh, what is happening here? This is crazy. No, it gets worse. It gets worse. So that night, he's already, he's already submitted the report on, on, on the computer. So I'm reviewing his report. That night, we get a call for a domestic violence out in front of a convenience store. And I'm close by, so I hear the call go out, and I respond over there. And the guy, the officer who's handling that other case I was talking about, he shows up as my backup. And um, 
we separate the parties. And he comes over to me. He goes, hey, boss, that's the guy right there. I was like, what guy? The guy with the HVAC system. What? And I said, go hook him up. Arrest him. And he goes, now? I'm like, bro. How? I said, yes, now. (laughs) And so he goes over and hooks him up. We find out he's gotten out of this one car. So we're going to impound his vehicle. We're going to impound the vehicle for safekeeping. Well, we can't impound a vehicle until we inventory the contents of the vehicle. Yep. So yep. we pop the trunk on this car, and he's got copper wire. Oh, he's my got gosh. He's got other building material. He's, his whole car is like he's been going around to construction sites and just ripping them off. So I'm like, this is a great caper for you. Yeah. And I said, this is yours, Mike. You're following it up. And he's like, uh, well, you, shouldn't we call it? I said, you don't need a detective. He goes, well, some of this is going to require that I travel outside the city. I said, I'm approving you to do that. It gets worse. No. <laughs> this is devolving faster <laughs> than I'd like it to. So you remember what I just told him? Yeah. Mike, this is yours. Yeah. You're following it up. Yeah. My old boss in the detective bureau calls me on Monday and he goes, can you come up and see me a minute, please? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, here we go. So I go up and see him and he goes, your boy just came up here and tried to throw this case on one of my detectives desk. And I'm like, he did what? He goes, yeah. He said that uh, you guys locked this guy up on Friday and and he needs uh, some detectives to help follow up. I'm like, And I went back downstairs, not one of my proudest moments, and I lit into this guy. Because not only uh, did he embarrass me. Oh, for sure. By going up and talking to my old boss. Wow. But he disobeyed a direct order. Absolutely correct. And so I'm, I, I will give you some leeway, um, but... When I give you a direct order and you deliberately disobey, figuratively speaking, it's time to fix bayonets and chop heads off. And so I had to let him know. Um, but he didn't do it again, which means he learned. Good. And so it, 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 those types of things gave me an opportunity to show these guys that, hey, detectives don't have all the magic. Yep, absolutely. You too can do this. Yeah. And here's how. Yeah, absolutely. Because nobody's ever showed you how. You've never had somebody who was in the detective bureau for an extended period of time come back to patrol and then spread that knowledge out. And yeah. then and then it started it started to um it started to permeate the entire at least my my group. Yeah. And the people that I worked with closely. And now they're starting to compete with each other about who's taking what and how long the follow-ups are taking and what they learn and who they're locking up the property that they're recovering. And, and because I had an opportunity to show them that it wasn't magic, it was just learned stuff. Yeah. You too can do this. Yep. They started to embrace it and they started to improve the kind of reports that they were generating and the quality of work that they were generating. Um, and I think that's important because they were doing it not because they, well, with the exception of this one guy, not because they refused, right. because nobody ever explained it to them. So when you explain something to somebody, 
and they elect to take that advice and work with it, that's cool. Yep. When you explain something to somebody and they elect not to do the way you told them to do it, then that's deliberate. Absolutely correct. And so now I know who I'm dealing with right. on the other side. Yep. And so um, becoming part of the team, I knew it was part of my responsibility to make the team better. And I wanted to make them better to the point where we um, – were looked upon as one of the better teams in the area. And ultimately, that's the way most people viewed my team at the end, was this is one of the best teams in the area. From my perspective, my team, my final uh, hostage negotiation team, was one of the best in the country. I would, wow. put, I would put that team up against anybody. Uh, New York, yep. L.A., wow. Dallas, Miami, it doesn't matter. Yep. I'll put my team up against anybody. We will hold our weight. All right, so 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 I'm fascinated by this section of what I'm watching because here's a thought that he I'm said having. of what I'm watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because 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 here here's a thought I'm having, Derek. Um, it, it, it you have to, you obviously have to have a certain skill set uh, to become a player, mm-hmm. right? In any mm-hmm. profession, right? Not many players can be coaches. Yeah. That's true. They can play. They can't coach. Right? Magic Johnson tried to be a coach. Didn't work out. Right? Jordan bought a team. It didn't make the players better. Right? Like like players you have to switch your brain to start coaching cuz it would be easier for you to just go back and be like I'll do it myself. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. To to resist that urge knowing that you're a great player to do it yourself, like, you know what? I could put up 30. I'm going to have 30 assists. I know you I know you missed 11 shots, and I'm passing it to you again, fool. You're going to make one of these threes, yeah. right? you wide open, right? <laughs> They're triple teaming me. You're wide open. You're going to make one of these threes. So the I'm applauding you for switching your brain to make other people grow up. Because yeah. it would be way too easy. Yeah, and that's what most people default to, Tim, yeah. is, is is especially promotion makes people uncomfortable. Why does it make them uncomfortable? Because it's a change. Yes, sir. The, cha- the status quo has been changed. And whenever you change the status quo for anybody, you are introducing uncertainty into their life. And Facts. uncertainty <laughs> is the mother of fear. Yes, sir. And so when these people Ooh. get promoted – they're uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as human beings, when we are uncomfortable, what do we want to do? Faster than anything else, get comfortable again yep. as quickly as possible. That's right. And as a leader, what does that mean? What does that look like? That means I'm going to revert back to doing what I used to do. Yes. And yes. so now I'm going to dabble in what my workers are doing because that makes me comfortable. Yeah, man. And what are your workers seeing? Your workers are seeing this guy's micromanaging me. He won't let go. He keeps getting deep in the weeds. Well, if he's going to come down here and do it the way he wants to do or correct the work that I've already done, why do I bother? Why am I even here? So I'm going to just, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Or worse yet, I'm going to leave but not leave. Oh, my God. And so so they check out on the job. And And still get a paycheck. And and still get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. 
And meanwhile, there's no growth going on at their level. This new supervisor is not growing at his or her level because they're still dabbling in where they came from instead of focusing on where they need to be going. And so that's, that's kind of the mindset that, that I, I, I took with, with that um, because um, I knew that there was a, there was a void that needed to be filled as far as training was concerned mm -hmm. because I wasn't, I wasn't convinced that the training that they were making available to the teams and to the agencies was sufficient. Yep. Um, I think they, the training at the time was focusing on things that didn't need to be focused on, such as, uh, you know, gathering of intelligence and what you need to be providing to, to SWAT when you're managing these instances. And there was less and less focus on what? Mm -hmm. Interpersonal communication. Yeah, yeah. And being able to listen. And that's where that's the mindset shift that I had to take or was trying to um, convey to my team that needed to take place. We've yeah. got to be better at communicating. And that starts with listening, not talking. All right. So here's what I'm hoping um, the basement dwellers uh, are picking up on. These leadership principles are calibrating for people that want the promotions, that want the leadership positions, mm -hmm. and need to know what's required of them. Cause I, I, and and more importantly, I want to nuance the the willingness to go. I do want to see change in area in that area. I'm going to be that change, right? So. I hear a lot of people complaining about things in our society, right? right? Whether it's in politics, whether it's in church, whether it's in the tech market, whether it's in banking. And no one's volunteering to with their expertise to go, I know this sector, I know this genre, I know this profession, and I will step in there to be that change. It's a story that's as old as time. Let's just chuck rocks at the problem mm. instead of trying to, to fix them. It's easy to stand on the sideline and just throw rocks mm. at this problem instead of jumping in and trying to change. It's like the, the, the person that asked me, you know, why are you complaining? If it's so bad, go change it. Right. And I threw my name in the hat and, and, and messed around and got promoted. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> and, and so it's an extension of that. Yeah. When you see that there's a dearth, when you see that there's a need. Yep. Don't say, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Go fix it. Yes. Jump in and, 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 and at least make an attempt. Yes. And if you want to judge me for my attempt, if it fails, so be it. Yeah, absolutely. So be but it. But at least I tried. But I tried. That's exactly right. And, and so, you know, <sighs> and this is more, this is a human being thing, man. This is not even a leadership thing. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. Um, you know, when I first, when I first moved to Atlanta, um, an organization reached out to me because they it was during February and they were honoring um, positive black males in the community. Okay. Now this, this organization really didn't know me other than my profile on IG. Yep. And so they reached out and said, we'd like to, we, we looked at your profile, looks cool, we'd like to honor you. And so um, 
I talked to one of the one of the directors at this organization, and I and they told me what they were involved in, um, uh, better futures and foundation or better foundation and future. I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, they were focused on providing rehabilitative instruction, education, and services to specifically men of color who were coming out of the institutions. Okay. Juvenile and adult. Yep. And I said, well, we started talking about my background and and they said, you know, you could you could really have a positive impact on some of these people because you've seen it through a different prism. Mm-hmm. And I said, not only have I seen it through a different prism, but I know that a lot of these guys get caught up because they can't articulate. Mm. They get caught up because emotionally they're too immature mm-hmm. to listen. Mm-hmm. I said, that's a dearth. Mm-hmm. And they are, they are struggling with that because no one has ever bothered. So I said, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Now, we never, there were some things that happened internally with them where it never really, um, it never really materialized. Okay. But we had plans in place for me to go in and talk to guys who had been incarcerated with, this is how you should be interacting with the police. These are some of the things that you should be listening for in your own interpersonal communication that will keep you from responding to your trigger. Mm. You're, you can't, I can't mitigate the trigger itself. That's Mm-mm. going to happen. Yep. But I'm going to show you how you can control your response to that trigger because previously your response to that trigger has been to lash out, either right. literally or figuratively, which is why you wind up wound up where you are. That's right. And so I'm going to provide you with this knowledge, guys. What you do with it is on you. Yep. But I'm not going to have you guys continually be behind the eight ball because you lack the knowledge. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. If, if, you, if you, after what I give you, you are still behind the eight ball. That's on you. That's on you. Absolutely correct. But I don't want it to be, we've got too many people that look like us. Yes, sir. That have been locked up. Yep. Because they just didn't know. Yeah, absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. For years. Yes. And so that was my that was my offer to them. Yeah. I, I said I'm I don't I'm not getting paid for it. Right, right, right. I'll I'm, just, not, I'm, I'll I'm a, you tell me what day yep. and where you're going to be. I'm yep. going to show up and and we're going to talk. Yeah. And I'm going to answer their questions because many times these young men haven't had an opportunity to sit down and talk to a cop. Right. Or a former cop. Right, to absolutely. Ask, Why do you guys think like that? Why do you yeah. and 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 there's this mystique. I yeah. walked into um I walked into a rec center one day. I'm in full uniform. I walk into a rec center one day and I'm talking to the guys in the rec center and one of the guys challenges me to a game of pool. So I'm in full uniform on duty, got my radio on, I'm listening <laughs> to the calls and, and we're and we're, <laughs> we're breaking balls on the pool table. And there's this crowd of younger Kids gathering around, and their 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 mouth is a is a gate, and they they can't believe what they're saying. Wow! They're like, "You play pool?" Yeah. I'm like, "Little man." Yeah. I'm a human being, yeah, just like absolutely. you. Absolutely. I'm. I'm. Yeah. And so, th- my point for bringing that up is that there's this mystique. That's right. Mystery. Yep. And um, stereotype ignorance yeah, about yes. about and and then and ignorance 
that's the birthplace of hate. You know, we we hate things that we don't understand. That's good. We're threatened by things that we don't understand. And that's what makes us act out. Yeah. And that's that's basically where we are right now in this world. Yeah, for sure. And so, where was I going with this? I don't even know how I got off on this tangent. <laughs> that mocha frap is kicking in now. So. No, you 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 were contextualizing that that um, not. Here's the way I would synthesize where, where you are. Um, the same way you had the willingness to step in and fix things yeah. in in your profession, you saw an opportunity yes. to fix things in your community. Yes, yeah, and and it's just it, it's. I'm sorry that that program didn't get off the ground, but I'm going to do what I can to see how I can end run it yep. and try to try to get it off the because I still think it's needed. Yeah, for I, sure I, it is. Because I, I just, you know, I what you don't know about my background is uh, when I retired from the police department in 2014, mm-hmm. I was still like, uh, I mean, at the time, my staying at the police department was untenable, so I just retired. I said, it's time for me to get my pension and yep, move on. Yep. And so I went to work for the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And so in the sheriff's office, I was working inside the jail. Mm. And eye-opening. Eye-opening from the perspective that the jail for me was a repository for the people that I met on the street. And I only had to deal with them two hours tops wow. before they became the deputy's responsibility. Responsibility, And the deputies are in there for 12 hours with these guys. And so when I got hired by the sheriff's office, I was, I was their internal affairs guy, and I ran their uh, crisis um, negotiation team. And so as the internal affairs guy... I was, in essence, the police for the inmates. Because now they had an ear. They, it wasn't long before they figured out, oh, all I have to do is fill out this inmate request form requesting to see Derek Gaunt, and he's going to come over and he's going to talk to me, and I can tell him about what deputy so-and-so is doing or, or whatever. But anyway, I spent a lot of time in the jail, and I'm looking at these guys and women, and I'm like, and this is going to sound cliche, there but by the grace of God. Yeah, man. That, these, these cats are <laughs> no different than me. They're not. Facts. They came from a different background, different walks of life. They had some knocks that I didn't experience. Yep. But I see myself in yep. all of these dudes. Yeah. And... Why did I? Why did it take me so long to look at them like human beings? Mm. You know, why did me? Why did it take so long for me to not look at them and immediately judge? Yep, yep, yep. And um, and so that experience, for lack of a better term, softened my heart. Yeah, and made me say, "Hey, look, yeah, they're incarcerated because they made some mistakes." Yeah. But this system is not set up for their success. It's just not. No, it's not, man. And so, and, and, and a lot of that lack of success, going back to my original point, was because no one has ever taken the time. So 
in my retirement years, I'm trying to figure out where I need to go so I can contribute some of that time to at least give them a chance. Yeah, for sure. I just got to let that marinate real quick because um, my brother did 11 years in prison. Mm. He's 10 years older than me. He founded a gang in L.A. And um, one of the founders. Um, I remember uh, having to go see him in uh, outside of Valencia, California. Yeah. Having to bring my mom and my daughter, uh, his daughter, not my daughter. I just don't. Wherever Juliet is. I ain't got no other kid, girl. I didn't lie to you about nothing. Just want you to know. Okay, we only got two boys. Two boys. That's Darren's daughter, not mine. I just want that to go on record. Whew. That thing, that thing came out of me and scared me. <laughs> Juliet is uh, uh, Bahamian and Jamaican. The Bahamian side is docile. The Jamaican side has a machete. I'm scared of the Jamaican side of my wife. So that <laughs> my mistake put fear in my own heart. My daughter, oh God. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay, I'm good. She's not abusive. I just want everybody to know. My wife doesn't abuse me, but I'm scared. Uh, so we, we would have to take her, uh, we would have to take, uh, uh, <laughs> this is the funniest story. So uh, my niece, um, his daughter, she's only like three or four. And, uh, you know, we get her in the car and put her in the car seat. It's me, my mom, and my niece. And we're going, and we say, and again, given the disclaimer, she's three or four, okay? And I'm like, hey, baby, we're about to go see daddy. And she would go, shit. <laughs> it was the cutest. She's only like four. And I'm like, and me and my mom eyes got so wide. We were like, baby, what did you just say? And she was like, shit. And we were like, oh my God. Do you want to go see your daddy? Like, but she was trying to express now, obviously, where the environment she was in, this is how she can grab this word. Yeah. And not yay. Right? You know what I mean? But she was trying to express her lament. Because we, we go up there, she sees her dad do it through a glass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and at that tender age, that word is already in her vocabulary to express, like, I, I don't like this. Yeah. My dad, I, don't, I can't hug my daddy. I'm playing tag on the glass. That's yeah. all you can do is put yeah. your hand up, move it around. And da, 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 da. <sighs> my brother's a good dude, man promise you he is but those mistakes yeah put you in a place they do that don't rehabilitate you that's right and they those, harden and, you and those and there are people who are waiting in the weeds for you to make that mistake yes sir they're waiting in the weeds this 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 system is perfectly designed to highlight and then um and then correct your mistake. Yeah. But in the correction, because that's needed, don't get me wrong. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, yeah, for sure. But, but in that correction, you got to be able to show people there is a different Absolutely. Way. Yeah. Because they're not worthless. They're not, you know, uh, 
They screwed up. They did, man. They, they screwed did. up. They did. And so now what? Let's fix it. Let, <sighs> let's make sure that they don't do it again. Absolutely. And 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 being able to communicate should not be the reason why they are in the straits that they're in. That's right. And so that's 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 my that's my whole thing. And, and that's that's where I am now in in my life. Yeah, the Black Swan Group, we are a strategic business advisory firm who focuses on providing corporations and individuals, organizations, um, how to apply hostage negotiations, practices, and principles to make them more money. Mm-hmm. But I tell, I tell you, Tim, we're hearing more and more people coming up to us and say, we took your training because we were tired of leaving money on the table. Mm. But what you guys have done for my personal life far exceeds whatever value you provided me in making more money. Derek, that makes me so happy to hear. That and, and, makes and, me so And you're happy. one of them. You're one of them. I am. I am. L- literally, when when I... um. When when I'm uh when we did the pod with Chris, I told Chris that God and the most sophisticated accusations audit I ever put together mm. is what saved my marriage. Point blank. If it was not for me reading that book and understanding that my wife needed to hear me say what she has always felt about me. (laughs) She was not going to be able to move on. Mm -mm. And when I put together that accusations audit, that lasted a painful four minutes and some change. She said, that's exactly right. Mm. You have been that prideful. You have been that selfish. You have been that arrogant. You have been that dismissive. You have been that unsupportive. She she just needed to hear. And she wasn't think. She was just like. The relief. You heard me. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and to stay on that point. Because you satisfied for her. A need that. All of us have. Yep. All of us have an innate desire to have someone else understand what our perspective is. Absolutely. What our environment looks like. Especially when they're as close as man and wife. Absolutely. Because you're articulating things for her yeah. that she hasn't necessarily verbalized herself. That's right. And the power in that cannot be overstated i promise you it changed my life man and your book um so i i was uh i became i planted a church in 2015 and i pastored it for 17 years before now doing this This is my full-time job which is kind of weird but i'm in i'm embracing it um i got ego authority and failure uh in 2020 read it uh then we went straight into a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had, now let me, uh, time, because 
God's timing is just perfect. You just cannot, you cannot underestimate God's timing. I had no idea I needed this book. This is not one of those, I'm searching for this, I'm looking for some mm-hmm. things, and blah, 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 blah. I had no idea. I didn't even know you existed before I got to, you know, before I got to California. You have this book, so I pick it up. I had just come off of a three-month sabbatical. I was going to quit pastoring. I and and the reason why I was going to quit is because I was in the wrong position. The the way I was trying to lead the entire organization was wrong, and I needed to fire myself. Mm. I got that. I started reading this book, and I got through this book in three or four days. I nerded, and I'm not like a fast reader. I don't read like a hundred books a year, that kind of thing. But when it's a book that resonates with me, I can't put it down. Like I just, so outside of my Bible, it, I can name you the last five books that have like snatched my soul. Most of them I get through a chapter and I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I'll get the audio and maybe listen to it when I'm in traffic, right? But I went through this book. I got underlines in this book. I got highlights in this book. And I was already at this crossroads. They gave me, the the elders of the church had given me uh, a three-month sabbatical. I come back in January. I go to the two-day. I get the book. I read it. I'm done with it in January. Uh, We are in the process of hiring an executive pastor because I'm firing myself as this leader of the church that must do it all, Mm. that must be great on Sunday and be a great boss Monday through Thursday and have everybody and have my direct reports. I fired myself. I was like, I'm Steve Jobs. I ain't running this company. I'm the visionary. I'm going to give you all the vision. I'm going to sit down. Somebody else going to run this company. I got all the principles out of this book Mm. (laughs) to kill my ego. And to literally disperse authority so people could grow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so uh, I hired an executive pastor, a um, uh, great man whose last name rhymes with mine. His last name is Poss. So I got a Greg Poss to go with a Tim Ross, a Georgia man from, from that was living in North Carolina. So he comes down, and we sit down and talk, and I I let him know. I said, I am not going to get in your way. I said, I'm the visionary here. You're going to run the organization. The staff reports to you. I'm not coming behind you. I am going to meet with the staff once a week. No, no, I'm going to meet with the staff once a month. I'm going to meet with you once a week. And your voice is going to be how they move. You will hire people and you will fire people. And you will just let me know but I'm out of your way. Mm. And he said, well, boss, I don't want to stand on that platform and preach on Sunday. And it sounds like you don't want to be in this seat overseeing day-to-day operations Monday through Thursday. I said, I don't want to be in that seat. He said, I don't want to be on that platform. I said, I think we're going to have a great relationship. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we stepped into that structure and from 2020, cause he actually started the day that the, the world changed, right? So he actually, his first day on the job was March 16th. <laughs> Our last service for the rest of 2020 was March 8th. From the time he started March 16th through the end of the year, 
I think he hired nine people. Our giving went through the roof. We rebranded the entire organization. Aesthetically and, and logos and all that kind of stuff. We renovated the entire church. No one was in it for 10 months. Okay. Or nine months. And then when we came back January of 21, we had doubled our staff and we were prime to pay off $2 million in debt, which we did in seven months in 2022. And I transitioned to a healthy church that my successor has now taken and done more with than I could have ever done. And so what, what do you find is unique about that story? My ego died. Yes. <laughs> and, like, and, honestly. And you never resurrected it, which is important, right? Because you can, we, people will talk about killing their ego all day long. But as soon as we, we pass the torch to someone else and we start seeing someone else's success, they're like, wait a minute. My fingerprints aren't on this thing anymore. I need to... To, to, to jump back in just to send the message across the bow that, you know, while you're here doing this, I'm still wow. the dude. And, and, and so that's what jumped out at me is you did it and you let it die and stay dead. Yes, sir. Because the hardest part is to start to see somebody else come in and start to accomplish things that you didn't. Yeah. And then you're like, ah, oh, I wonder what the rest of the church is thinking. Yeah. You know, we were stagnant. Yeah. I pulled back. Yep. Bring this guy in. We're no longer stagnant. Yep. I need to reinforce the fact that I'm the man. Mm. So let me jump back in here. Mm. And and the fact that you didn't do that is huge. Because, you know, that's the re what's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. Yeah. Was because there, there are plenty of leadership books out there. Yeah. And they will tell you things like, you need to create a positive work environment. <laughs> you need to step back and stop micromanaging. Yep. You need to address issues when they become prominent yeah. and a problem. Yeah. You need to talk better to your direct reports. <laughs> but none of those books told you how. Yes, sir. They said, this is what you need to do. Yep, absolutely correct. None of them said, here's how you yeah. do it. Yeah, absolutely and correct. so that's why I wrote the book, because I'm like, these people just need practical skills yeah you literally took what you did at the job <laughs> and said let me help way more people in book form yeah i mean no I, yeah it ain't and it's not rocket science you know this was these the, the skills and the concepts that you read and never split the difference yep the skills and the concepts that you read in ego authority failure were born out of the world of hostage negotiations means they were developed by cops for cops. Wow. Cops want everything as dumbed down as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Simple, yep. easily for recall, yep. and practical. That's what we want across the yeah, board. Absolutely. And so when you look at this stuff, like you said earlier, nobody ever put it into words before. I couldn't right. put it into right, words. Right, 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 right. That's what I need. And so man. that's what and so we we put it into words that are easily digestible. Yeah. This is not rocket science. Right. For example, one of the most powerful 
skills, whether you're negotiating a business deal, you're dealing with your kids, or um, you know, you're trying to make $10 million. Yep. It's dynamic silence. How hard is that to shut your mouth? <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> and it's it, it's cerebrally, contextually, it's the it's the easiest skill that you can think of. Yeah. Hardest to execute. Yeah, absolutely. People cannot keep their mouth shut <laughs> because they think to themselves, all right, if I um if I'm not talking, yeah. I'm ceding my turn in the conversation to influence. Mm. When the reality is, if I shut up for an extended period of time, you're more likely to keep talking. And if you're talking, Tim, I'm learning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because everything that I need to know to influence you into doing what I need you to do, you're going to tell me. That's right. If I would just shut my That's mouth. That's right. And so it's it's the simplest concept, it's the simplest skill in the world, uh, yet the most difficult to execute. But my point is, this is not this is not um, this is not very sophisticated. Yeah. Um. It's not born out of academia. It's not. I'm not telling you these things. You don't read things in the book. And and go okay. He's saying this because you know it was tested by this university or that university. This is road tested stuff in the highest of stakes conversations on the planet. That's right. So if I can use these skills to talk a guy who's climbed over a retention chain link fence and is hanging over the edge of an overpass, mm. if I can talk to that guy and listen to him and articulate for him what's going on with him to the point where he by himself is crawling back over that retention uh, fence. Why would it not work with convincing your son that he shouldn't be reading ego authority failure? He's got other stuff to do. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, yeah. why, why would it not work with, with, with pastor Poss? Yeah. You know, That's absolutely right. when you need him to move in a certain direction. That's right. If it, if it works in the highest of stakes plant uh, conversations on the planet for my world. Yeah. Totally applicable in your world. Absolutely. And so in your world and in your world and in your world. So so what you're saying is literally getting me to jump out of my skin, Derek, because I, I, I'm a very basic person. I have a, I have a high school diploma. Uh, I have some college. That's what I get to check on an application. Yeah, man. With. Feels good, right? Some college. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I successfully completed some college. <laughs> and that, 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 that box has to be there for the person that only completed some, that's the person that put the document together. Like you ain't gonna leave yeah. us out yeah. some <laughs> college, right? <laughs> you ain't gonna just put graduated or not graduated. Yeah. Some, yeah. there's some, right? I, I, um, I read uh, uh, Getting to Yes. Yeah. It was so heady, it was so cerebral. No knock against smart people. I love smart people, yeah. I love degreed people, we need them. But, but that book was so heady. And it was like an like like negotiation was like an algebraic formula. Yes. Yep. Then I read. Then I read. Never split the difference. I told it to Chris. I said, I know you didn't try to write the anti getting to yes, but it was proven. It was street proven. Like these are principles that work. A regular, regular human being can do this, right? Ego authority to failure was the same way. It wasn't like uh, from good to great or. You, you know, um, David and Goliath, Malcolm Gladwell, right? All these guys. And did it. This was like, oh, I can you. I'm just a dude from Inglewood, California, 
who was overseeing a $7 million a year operation with 20 employees. Yep. This book made me look like the best boss of all time. Not, well, I took some MBA classes. I audited some classes in Boston and they let me into some cheat sheet. Yeah. Yeah. I read this book and and not to say that there's other books that are not out there and all that kind of stuff. Again, I'm wired a certain way and certain books just suck me in. And this was one of those books. I left that company. I started another company. We have a small team and we do big things with this very small team. And it does not have, but nobody feels stepped on. They can testify for themselves. I don't, I don't get in their way. They're empowered to do what they do. I still realize my ego needs to stay dead. What you said about resurrection was sobering. The, these people's egos are basically Jason, right? Yeah. It's Freddie. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Like it gets up every day. You're like, why do I, why are you back? Yeah. You know, but I, I, some of these people are having seances and lifting their own <laughs> egos back up. Right. Yeah. Cause they, no, you're right. it's the Jay Leno effect, right? Yeah. It's like, I'll leave. <laughs> I'm back. You know what I mean? And I don't want to do that. I want to, I realize I'm a visionary guy. I realize that that I feel like God gives me a download. Once I communicate it, she knows what to do on social media. He knows what to do uh, with content. Hector knows what to do with content. I, it's you can't do it all, and your ego will make you think that you can. That it's directed by me. It's executive produced by me. Yep. It's also produced by me. I was the best boy, the gaff, and assistant director. And it's like, play your part and sit down. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everything's not about you. It boom. There it is. It's not about you. And I would if if more of us would take that approach in our everyday interactions, not mm-hmm. just professionally. Yep. But if more of us would take the time to say to themselves, to ourselves, it's not about me. Yes. Where would where would we be in this world? Oh my gosh. If, if all five of us in this room right now committed to to saying to ourselves that in the next interaction that I have with any human being, yeah. I'm going to take the position that this is not about me. Yep. And I'm going to stay, here's the other thing, genuinely curious. If you take on the mindset of being genuinely curious yep. in every conversation, going into that conversation. I don't care if it's with your wife. Yes, sir. Or the stranger at the racetrack gas station. That's right. That's right. If you go into every conversation assuming that you have something to learn. Yes, sir. Number one, you'll satisfy that need I talked about earlier, everybody wanting to be understood. Number two, whatever comes out of their mouth, you can't get triggered. I mean, you can't respond negatively to the trigger that's if right. you're staying curious because your brain doesn't work like that. That's you can't be curious and angry at the same time. That's right. You get to, which is beautiful because now I get to choose. You get to choose. That's right. That's good. Yeah, that's right. And so if you assume that you have something to learn, your mind is always open. You're going to be looking that's right. for those things 
to learn about the other side. Yeah. And you will find in very short order that most people don't really say what they mean or they ask questions that just don't make sense. Mm. They ask question A, they want the answer to question B, but for whatever reason, they're not going to ask you question B. And if you're staying curious and asking yourself, why did he just say that? Right. Why did she just do that? Right. Why did he just ask that? Yeah. That will give you an idea as to what their mindset is, and you can start to articulate things for them that they can't or won't. And when you listen at that level, there's no clearer way to demonstrate to another person that it's not about me. It's all about you. And that you're dialed into the conversation. Absolutely. When you start to say things to them that they can't say for themselves. Yeah. I I um uh you know we we've been we've been doing this since June Ju- July. We've been doing this since July 6th. And I've been able to sit down with people that I know and people that I've never met in my life. Mm-hmm. Have we ever done a pod that was less than an hour? Right? Especially with a guest. Because I'm a genuinely curious person. Well, I was going to be a detective, right? Yeah. So it makes you genuinely curious. I want to know, right? I was on a, I was on a plane um, uh, two days ago. And uh, I'm sitting next to a 79-year-old woman who's missing at least seven teeth. Uh, from you ten- counted? Well... <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> well, well, I approximated based on the front of the grill I and mean, but the you bottom. Didn't, you didn't go eight. You didn't go four. You said she's missing about seven. Yeah, I did say seven. <laughs> I didn't, Randy. I didn't. It was an odd number. I don't know. I'm an odd guy. All right. I, I always land on odd numbers. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the plane with her. What brings us together is a plane ticket and, a, yeah. and the seat assignment, right? Yeah. She's 79 years old. And, uh, if we talked for 40 minutes, if if we communicated for 40 minutes, she talked for 37. Nice. Again, at my DNA level are these principles. And so all I'm doing is labeling and mirroring. And this woman is telling me, I know she got great-grandchildren. I know one of her sons is a gamer and basically doesn't leave the house. Um, she was married three times. Her first two husbands uh, were domestically violent. The third one was the love of her life. She was married to him for 10 years. Then he died. Her brother was supposed to die, but miraculously lived. I, like, I can literally recap the entire conversation that I had with her. Why do you think you got that response? Because I wasn't talking. You, exactly. <laughs> not only were you not talking, you expressed interest. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. And she rewarded your interest with further information. That's correct. And that occurs, and I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but, <laughs> but that occurs because you're filling, you're fulfilling that need that all of us have. Yeah. And she's screaming to you, I don't get this anywhere else, Tim. That's right. I don't get it at home. Yeah. I don't get it in my social circles. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting it from you that's in right. this moment. Yeah. And that's why she bleh, all yeah. of that stuff Absolutely. on you yeah. because she's not getting it anywhere else. Yep. And it felt so good for her to reveal 
intimate details. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. She's going to open up to a complete stranger on a plane yeah. talking about, I was beaten by my first two yeah, husbands. Yeah, yeah. Who does that? <laughs> Who does that? It's so true. And it's she, absolutely and true. And she did it because you were making her feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Because she's getting it nowhere else. And that's the reality for most of us. Yeah. Most of us are not getting it anywhere else. Wow. And so when, and I would challenge all of you, Go to Starbucks. Ask the barista how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then when they respond, regardless of what the response is, you say to them, it sounds like, and then you fill in the That's emotion correct. or the dynamic. Yeah. And you watch yep. what happens to them. Uh -huh. They will give you much more information about what's going on within their life in that moment. Yep. Because here's what happens. They get asked, how are you doing a hundred times in a day? Yep. 99% of the people that ask that question do not care. They That's just don't. Correct. And so it's when, just part of a greeting when it's a throwaway yeah. in the West. Yeah. We yeah, don't care. Yeah. 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 And, and so when we <laughs> actually demonstrate that we care, yes, that barista goes, a hundred people came in before Tim came in. I told him how my day was going. He labeled the dynamic. Yep. That felt great. Yep. So I'm going to share with him a little bit more. Yep. Now, I would tell you, if you do that, you need to be careful because the people behind you are going to get angry. Right. <laughs> because exactly. that barista is not going to let you go that's, for a while. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But, again, they're, they're screaming, this is an unfulfilled need that I have that finally yeah. another human being is recognized. Absolutely. Yeah, it does, and it doesn't take much. I, mm -hmm. Again, this is my, it's my life and it's my lifestyle. This is the way I live. I'm like this with everybody. It doesn't matter where I am. I'm 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 curious and I'm quiet. Mm. People I, I remember when I was a, a pastor, I was talking to um kind of our elder board one day, and I told him, I said, um, uh the majority of people think I get paid to preach. I don't. There's a lot of people preaching. A lot of things. I actually get paid to think. Ooh. that's what I get paid to do you don't pay me to preach Any, you can get anybody to preach you pay me to think because there's a lot of people preaching that ain't thinking true and they're on church milk true <laughs> right they're the ones that wind up <laughs> on uh, internet blogs did you hear what this dude said right because they don't think before they talk in this season of my life everybody thinks I get paid to talk I actually get paid to listen yeah yes <laughs> yes Yes, and if, if all of us would adopt that mindset, yeah, how much better would we would we be? Yeah, this this thing, Russia, Ukraine, this that's this that thing is not very complicated. It's you're absolutely correct. That thing is not complicated <laughs> at all. You're right. You're and, right. And 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 people ask all the time, "What do you think that what what?" To, to remove this logjam and 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 reduce the continue or reduce the chance that this conflict is going to continue. What do you? It ain't that hard. Yeah. It ain't that hard. Yeah. Um. 
and it goes back to listening, listening, listening. But, you know, I'm not going to go down the political road, but I'm just the point I'm trying to make is that as complicated and complex as people think human beings are. Yep. They're really not. They're not. They're really not. They're not. At a base level, at the most sophisticated levels. That's why that's why you these companies that make millions and millions of dollars think they're walking away with negotiation techniques that's gonna close the next deal and find out their wayward son started listening to them because they shut up. That they started having date nights again because they went home and was like Oh, you're finally listening to me. Yes. You, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? Like when you when you when you metabolize this these concepts, the concepts from Never Split the Difference and Ego Authority and Failure will just make you a better person. Person. Yes. A better yes. person. Not a be- better deal closer. You you would have to be like the most nefarious person on the earth to use these powers, these principles, these tools, these, these techniques for evil, for bad. Like, I'm just going to get over on people. You, when you take tactical empathy and then use it against somebody, you're just a sick individual, right? Like, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you When you try to invert empathy into your own, you know, your own personal gratification, you are a narcissist. Point blank. Period. Without without <laughs> question, the you know, and you've heard me say it before. The 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 best purveyors of tactical empathy on the planet, from my perspective, yep. are hostage negotiators and sociopaths. Yeah, because both of us use it not because we're necessarily nice people. Yep, but we use it because it works. It works. It absolutely works. Ted Bundy was executed for the murder of a twelve year old girl. He on death row, he copped to over thirty murders which means he was probably responsible for close to 70 how do you think he was able to get otherwise intelligent human beings into compromising positions that ultimately cost them everything absolutely correct because of his narcissistic way of using tactical empathy yeah. and he wasn't using it because he's a, he was a nice guy he used correct. it because it he knew it worked yeah and so the, the the same with us, but this idea of of uh, you know making you a better person. I mentioned it earlier that more and more people are coming up to us and saying, "I've, I've things in my personal life are changing in ways that I never thought possible." And and one of the um, one of the participants in one of our events, in fact, she came to a Dallas event. Actually, no. She came to a New York event. She was in, living in New Hampshire. She came to our New York City event. Yeah. Uh, she had a small company. She's an entrepreneur. She wanted to up her game. Two months later, she flies to Dallas because we're having another event in Dallas. And she goes, I'm not really here to learn anything new. Mm. I had to come here to tell you guys face to face. What your training did for me, not in my business, but in repairing a shattered personal relationship with her brother where they hadn't been talking for 12 years. Wow. And she said, I I didn't want to send an email. I didn't want to send uh, a text message. I wanted to tell you guys face to face that you are changing my life. And 
we're getting people all the time yeah. coming up to us. And to, it, it, you know, I had one lady uh, say that, you know, the uh, customs is dragging their feet, dragging her feet on her visa. Yeah. And it's, you know, her time in the States is about to run out. She could very well be sent back to, to her original court country of origin. Yeah. And she goes, what do I do? How do I, how do I approach this conversation? What do I do? So we, we gave her the tips. Um, and she, this was via Zoom. So she was on a, a virtual call. She shows up in San Diego. And she is in tears because of what we told her to do and how we told her to engage customs. Um, they got off of their butts and they, 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 they did whatever they needed to do. And she was like, she was able to stay in the U S yeah. and she's, she can't even get the story out because she's so emotional about um, what we told her, not just what to say, but right. what to listen for yeah. from the other side. Absolutely. And it moved the needle for with the custom officials to, to her benefit. So, yeah. Man, I'm I'm uh I'm so grateful for you, bro. Like honestly, um, time does not afford me to. I, I, we haven't spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Um. Uh. But again, you can have a mentor and never meet them. Right. Like all these people. <laughs> I, I know I speak on behalf of Huli, uh, because she gets all the DMs. Uh, I'm not going to mentor you. I'm just looking right in the camera and saying, I'm not, I don't have the capacity or the bandwidth. I'm trying to raise my two boys and I already have people that I have been mentoring for years. I can't, this is how I'm mentoring. Yes. This is what I'm doing. Yes. Right? I'll do this through this pod. I'll do this through these books. You're literally not getting anything more from me if you met me in person than what I'm giving you right now. Like I'm giving you my life, man. I'm in my house right now. Like you know what I mean. What more do you want, right? Uh, but I will say, every now and then, God will put you in a person's heart, and when that happens, you need to cherish it. And I don't know how I got in your heart, man. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't either. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't either. Uh, we, we went to Shoreline yesterday, and, and Pastor Earl was talking about for, uh, soil. Yeah. And, and when seeds are, are strewn on rocks versus when they're strewn into, into fertile soil. Yeah. And at the time, I, I guess my heart was fertile soil. Which yeah. Because I've never, you mentioned, I never exchanged my phone number with anybody at those participants. Yeah, absolutely. Event. Yeah. And, and, but something drove me. I said, this guy... I, mean, I was surprised to learn he was a pastor because because uh, I because I was being judgmental <laughs> based on the way he looked. Yeah. And so when he threw out that he was a pastor, I was like, oh, he must be a youth pastor because he's dressed like boys to men. I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he, he's got to be a youth pastor. Right. Um, but there was something about this guy that that I wanted. I, I, I knew I wanted I, I knew I wanted to establish a relationship and yeah. I can't put my finger uh, on it, but my 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 heart was the fertile soil, and you you sow some of the seeds, and and um, and so I, I'm I'm grateful for that. But I was going to take issue with you if, if you hadn't corrected that, in that you don't have time to mentor because that's what you're doing with the baby. Yeah, college. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I and I and I realize that this is a platform that he's given us to do that, and um, uh, you don't have to have a lot of time if the time is quality time. 
Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and if you can take advantage of that and maximize those moments, this is why I still show up to the uh, events. I'm not a one and done guy for anything I do. Like I'm a lifer on therapy and counseling. I didn't just go to get over my trauma and now I'm like, I'm fixed. I don't need to go back to that. Right. I'm a lifer in it. And, and the same, I feel the same way about Black Swan. It's like I'm going to be at an, at least one event a year. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just pulling up. And it's and it's there's something about being in that environment with other people whose minds are sure. as open and as uh committed to the learning of it, you just continue to deepen those techniques, right? Jerry Jerry Rice had a heel that he ran up yeah. every offseason, right? Other guys tried to run up that same hill with him, they threw up and fell down, right? I'm talking about LaDainian Thomason, like all these great guys. He he ran that hill every offseason for 20 years. <laughs> right? There's it's one thing to get there, it's another thing to stay there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's right. why I keep showing up every year. Because it's not like, oh, got the techniques. Now I'm going. It's like, no, if you're gonna stay sharp, put yourself back in the situation. Go through 60 seconds again. Exactly. <laughs> right? Go through the same. You can you can even know what the end conclusion is going to be, but you're 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 gonna you're gonna respond a different way this time around. And so because you're because you're still learning, that's you're right. Still growing. And I tell everybody at these events, you got a choice to make. Once we leave here, get better. Yep. Get worse. Mm. Stay the same. Mm-hmm. And two of those three things take effort. And energy. Mm. And if you're not willing to put in the effort and energy, the final option is the only option for you. Yep. And so it's it's just like uh, Jerry Rice. It's yeah. just like working out. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You, you don't go to the gym and work out and go, okay, I'm in shape. Not coming yep. back to the gym. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. You, you got to maintain it. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, um, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for just sharing your heart with us, man. Like, i I I had a growth spurt as a result of this, and I appreciate you. Like like I'm telling you I, again, I see everything vividly. Resurrecting your ego, that'll be a sermon <laughs> at some point this year. I don't know when. The Lord will tell me when. But that thing, because that's very very sobering. Like like for me, it's a it's it's that's a warning. Oh, you killed your ego. Don't resurrect it. Yep. Don't exhume it. Yep. <laughs> right. Right. You do not need to go back and revert to oh, like, y'all must have forgot about me. Yeah. You, I don't think you know who I was. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you what all of the great things that I've already done. Yeah. And you know, and that that's 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 short term thinking. Yep. That's to make you feel better in the moment. Yep. But the damage mm. that you do when you resurrect like that. Mm-hmm. Is long term. Yes, it is. Because the people that look up to you, the people that report to you, they're not going to forget it. <sighs> they're not going to forget it because you sent a message. I'm not confident in you. Mm. And it may not affect them in the moment. Yep. But if you resurrect once, you're going to do it again. And then that shot is going to be fired across the bow again. And the cumulative effect of your constant resurrection is going to have a negative effect on them. And and they're either going to leave or worse, they're going to stay but leave. That 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 part um I'm thinking about so many organizations that have 
literal zombies on payroll. Yep. We call them road, R-O-A-D. Hit me. Or, or when R-O-A-D. Did I say R-O-A-D? Yeah. R- uh, R-O-D. R-O-D. Retired on duty. Wow. <laughs> these guys are, are, are they, 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 you don't want to turn your employees to employees who are retired but still on duty. Yo. I thought we was right about to wrap up. Now I'm like, I'm thinking about productivity issues. I'm thinking about uh, uh, employee morale. I'm thinking about staff development. What is we doing so out here? I, here's a, now you brought this up. Now I know. <laughs> now I you we were about to land the plane, and then uh, you decided to abort the to the, the land, and now we're going back up. Um, but, we did a bunny hop, <laughs> just went straight back up. But productivity, employee um, morale. How do you know? Um, how do you know that your employees get it? How do you know that they understand where you're coming from? How do they? How do you know that the direction that you gave them has been received? Yeah. And what do you do when it is clear that there's a miscommunication or disconnect? I'm just curious. Yeah. So I know when they get it when they're repeating it without my prompting. Mm-hmm. Right. Because because you're building culture whether you're talking about it or not, mm-hmm. right? If you're, if you're talking about what, what you want to happen, uh, you're communicating it. But more is caught than what is taught. So uh, for weeks, my, bro- my boys would go to the restroom and we would tell them, is the seat up, right? As soon as they start walking in that direction, lift the seat up. While the pee stream is happening, I hear it going into the water. Is the seat up, <laughs> right? I had to keep saying it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because I got females in this house and they don't want to sit down with urine droplets on the, on the seat, right? right? Right, Here's how I knew when they got it. When they were walking to the restroom and unprompted, they would say, I'm going to put the seat up. So I know when the culture has actually set in when it's being repeated back to me without my prompting. And so if you were to find that there was a disconnect, the seat wasn't actually up. Yep. What, 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 what's your, how do you address that? Now we have to sit down and have the conversation again slower. Okay. And then I'm curious to know what about what I, what about what I have communicated to you are you not getting? Yes. What about what I just said doesn't work for you? Yeah, does, absolutely. That, that you don't understand. Yeah. And the reason I had you draw that out is because most heads of fill in the blank don't take those necessary steps. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear often from heads of companies, teams, organizations that, um, this person keeps doing X, Y, Z. And I say, have you corrected them? Well, they don't know. They know what they're supposed to be doing. They just don't do it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, whose who's fault is that? Yeah, a- absolutely. Who's, who's, who's culpable in that? Yeah. 
And so to your point, you have that discussion. Yep. This is exactly what I want. Yep. If it doesn't occur this way, here are the consequences. That's correct. What about what I just told you is still unclear? Yeah. Now I know. Yep. They're not doing it because they were never told. That's right. If it doesn't, if it doesn't occur to my satisfaction again, it's deliberate. That's correct. Absolutely. So correct. now we have to have another conversation. But um, I'm 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 amazed at how many people will let counterproductive behavior persist before they even address before it. Before they address it, and they and they Scary. wring their hands and they rue the day. You know, yeah. Taylor just doesn't get it. She just doesn't get it. I've been telling her over and over and over again, yeah. and she just doesn't get it. Yeah. All right. So, what have you done yeah. to find out where the disconnect is? Absolutely. Because it, this is a good one. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Anytime behavior does not re- line up with the realities of the environment, it's coming from an emotional place. Mm. Now, I don't know what that emotion is. She right. could be angry with me, and, right. she, and this is her way of getting back right. at me. Absolutely. She could be embarrassed because she really doesn't understand the instructions, but yep. she doesn't want to say anything. Yep. But anytime someone's behavior or statement does not line up with the realities of the environment, you should always go, I'm missing something emotional on that side. I need to figure it out because that's where the log jam is. If I figure that out, I can change her behavior and make it align with what I need her to do. Yeah. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier, curiosity, yes. curiosity, Absolutely. curiosity. I could say to myself, ah, she just doesn't get it, yep. and, and be angry, yep. or I could say, why is she not getting it? Absolutely. So I, I, so, so uh, let me just nerd out on this for a minute because yeah. I, I use this with my boys, Come on. and people have asked us about, you know, we need you to do some pods on parenting. I'm like, they're 14 and 12. Let me get these jokers to like 22 and 20 to even figure out if my parenting works. Some people be writing parenting books when their kids is like nine and seven. I'm like, they haven't even hit puberty yet. No, you have no, don't, you have no idea. You ain't raised that child yet. They, they got to respect you. They got to eat tonight. You know what I mean? They ain't even got no options yet, you know? So... Um, with my boys, one well, let 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 me preface what I want to say about uh, my boys Nathan and Noah by saying, as a communicator, I'm 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 speaking on behalf of the people that do what I do. The majority of communicators have a lot of ego wrapped around their communication gift. Mm-hmm. They actually think they're better communicators than they actually are. Mm-hmm. So they which is, this is all ego. I said it once, of course they understood it. I preached my sermon, of course you got it. I led the staff meeting, of course you now know what the vision is. I, I have to repeat that? Yep. I said it already. Yep. And let me give you Bible for this. Jesus repeated himself for three and a half years. And his disciples still didn't get it to after he was gone. Still repeating himself. <laughs> and he's still, and we still reading the same words. <laughs> he wrote it down. We got to keep reading it. I think he's coming back. And he said he's coming back. <laughs> love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pray for those that despitefully use you. Pray for the, like, so we actually, we actually, communicators are the worst at thinking. Everybody gets what I say. 
Yeah, and and part of that problem is your idea of what's cool and fun mm. different than mine. Correct. Different than his. That's right. Different than hers. That's right. That's right. Your idea of what's fair. Yeah. Different than mine. That's right. Different than hers. Yep. Different than his. Yeah. And to your point, we all have to approach interpersonal communications with this idea that your perspective is different than mine. In fact, there is a 66% chance that the person that you interact with has a different worldview than you. I And, and if wow. you are a gambler in Vegas, those are pretty good odds. Yeah, oh, for sure, 66%. And so I'm going to automatically assume, whether I've had previous contact with you or not, that the way you view things and the way I view things, there's a more than two-third chance that it's different. Yeah, absolutely. And so I got to figure out what that is. Yep. Go back to curiosity. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's it, exactly it, right. It, it, all of this goes back to it not being about you. Yeah, absolutely. Everything that you need to know that's going to move your counterpart in the direction that's going to benefit you both they're going to tell you yeah. if you just get out of your own head yeah. and try to get into theirs. Now, notice I'm not saying in order to understand what she's going through, you got to walk a mile in her shoes. Right, no. Nope. You don't have to walk a mile in no, her shoes. No, you don't, absolutely. You have to see through her eyes. That's right. That's exactly right. Because walking a mile in her shoes means i got to feel what she feels. I don't yeah. need to feel what she That's feels right. to understand what she's going through. All I need to do is look through her eyes. Because at the end of the day, I never felt what the hostage, or hostage taker felt yeah. when they were on the inside. Right. But I could see through his or her eyes. That's exactly right. I didn't agree with them. I didn't necessarily like them. Yeah, absolutely. But I didn't need to yeah. to articulate for them this is probably what's going on with you right now. Yeah. You are operating at an intense emotional level in response to a highly stressed event. Yep. That is clouding your ability to process. Yep. And the more you demonstrate that for them, the more you return them to what I call the normal functioning level. Yeah. Because when emotions are high, rational thinking is low. When emotions are high, you're actually dumber. It's it's true. Your brain's cloudy. Your brain. Go back to sixty seconds, or she dies. Yeah, <laughs> you could not focus. Uh uh Because I put you in a position where you were under stress, under pressure. You were you were freaking out because you were being evaluated by yep. your classmates. Absolutely. And this maniac is yelling at you, <laughs> and so his his amygdala fires up. He goes into fight or flight response. Yep. And when you go into fight or flight response, your cognitive ability is diminished significantly yep i ask this question a lot because what we used to hear in law enforcement is on the initial call in we almost heard we heard variation of this same theme mm -hmm. back up go away leave us alone mm -hmm. right? yeah 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 from the negotiate from the from the hostage from, taker. from the hostage yeah taker, yeah, yeah right? exactly back up go away leave us alone well no. logically thinking <laughs> The fastest way to get the police to leave you alone is is not to snatch a hostage. In fact, <laughs> in fact, if you snatch a hostage, it's pretty much a guarantee that we're going to stay for a little bit. Oh my goodness! 
I know that. You know that. Yep. The hostage taker, if I took him out of that situation, the he hostage, would, he would yes, know it. Yes, you're right. Why can he not see it in the moment? His brain is cloudy. His, he, he's just dumb. <laughs> he's just, emotions have made him dumb. I want a helicopter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The guys, uh, uh, there's a real famous uh, hostage taking in uh, Sacramento, California, back in the early 90s, where this, this, this band of Vietnamese gangsters took over an electronics store and... Part of their demand was, we want, we want the root of a thousand-year-old ginseng tree, and we want a troop helicopter fueled up to fly us to Vietnam. Oh, that's not even. And and there's and, no and, tank big enough. And, exactly. In a and, and where do I begin to look for the root of a thousand-year-old ginseng tree? Um, and so. Oh man. These the, are the, some lofty demands. <laughs> the ability to process and think clearly are is impeded um, by by negative emotions, and 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 so if I don't approach these conversations assuming that the person I'm talking to has a worldview different than mine, yep, I am a threat. Yeah, absolutely. In the conversation, and if I'm a psychological threat in the conversation, I'm spawning negative emotions and dynamics, and I'm making my counterpart dumber yeah and i don't want them to be dumb i don't want no we don't want them to be dumb no. so yeah you reduce that by yep. listening yep. to them yep. you ain't got to agree with them nope. but you got to listen to them yep all right so nathan nathan is uh 14 and he had got behind in his work so um juliet told me about it so i went to go talk to nate and i was like hey nate I said mom said you got backed up in your work again you were you were making such great progress you had all this bandwidth and free time and now You've kind of digressed, and he was like, "Yeah." He was like, "You know, I, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get back to it." Now, the dad in me wants to be like, "Hey, boy, mm -hmm. <laughs> paying for this education, you're gonna do this work." You know what I mean? But I'm like, I just remain curious, and I'm like, "Man, it sounds like the games kind of took priority," and he was like. You're right. I, I got ahead. And then when I started playing my games, my games are what got me to kind of, you know, it got me off focus. And I just started thinking about the games. I let my work get past. And I did not respond. Dynamic silence. I want you to go back before the dynamic silence. Yes, sir. What, what, did, what did you use? Because you did it so smoothly. Mm -hmm. The people that are watching this are not going to pick up on it. But yep. what did you what did you do uh, after your preamble mm -hmm. about what Juliet said. What, yeah. what, what did you do? I went in there and I just had a label. And the label was what? It Got sounds like you're starting to digress in your schoolwork because of the game. Now, you guys didn't pick up on that. All right. But that was a specific skill that he used to demonstrate to Nate. This is the data you're giving me, Nate. This is my interpretation of the data. I'm going to repackage that data. I'm going to give it back to you to show you that I'm trying to understand your perspective. And Nate hit him with, that's exactly right, or, or words to that yes, effect. That's right. And then went on with the explanation. Don't minimize what you just did there. Yes, sir. Because what you did there was smooth, and it was conversational to yeah. the point where I know that nobody in this room, nobody watching this 
is going to pick up on. Yeah. So I wanted you to highlight that as well as the yeah. dynamic side. No, absolutely. So, so, so I hit him with the label first. And again, I've metabolized all this. So the labels, the mirrors, the dynamic silence, the two plus ones, the, you know, I got it all in my head. Right. So then I hit him. So after he gave me that response, I didn't immediately be like, well, you better get back to work. I just, hmm. I was just silent. And then he goes, to be honest, Dad, I don't really like doing my work. And I said, then I offered him identification. I pick all this up from my counseling and, and therapy side. I said, I completely understand that. I said, Daddy's an introvert. I said, do you know I never want to leave the house? Mm. You know how fine your, my, my wife is? Your mommy? She's so big. I said, I never want to leave my house. I said, I wish I could stay in my house, make all my money, and never have to leave my house. I said, so... You think daddy likes getting on planes? I said, I don't like getting on planes. I said, but it's part of my job. I said, and I don't want to do my work sometimes, but I still got to go do it. Right. And if I do my work, you have to do yours. I said, is that going to be an impossibility for you? No, daddy. And what did you just do there? <laughs> because, because again, that was, a, that was another one of our skills or techniques. What mm -hmm. did you just do there? Did you recognize it? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yes, I, 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 I gave him a no-oriented question. No-oriented question. I never ask. I very rarely ask a yes-oriented question. And ninety-seven percent no, are no-oriented. So, questions. for context' sake, the no-oriented question is where you're you're specifically driving for a no mm -hmm. from your counterpart in order to get compliance. That's as right. Opposed to trying to get them to say yes mm -hmm. to get compliance because yes. Is always commitment and obligation. No is always protection. Yep. And safety. Yep. And I'm 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 continually amazed at what people will agree to when you allow them to say no that they otherwise <laughs> wouldn't agree to so if you true. were pushing them for a yes. So yeah. yeah. He talks a lot about metabolizing this stuff, and clearly you can see he has. So, so I want to I wanna, uh, put uh, my ministry people up on game on this as well. I changed the way I did altar calls based on the principles that you guys got. Most people want, say yes to Jesus. You know what I hit him with at the end of, I'm going to give you the whole thing because, again, Go for communication it. is an art, right? Do it. So I just, I just landed the plane. I just ended my sermon. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? I've done some talking, but it's God that does the speaking. What is he saying to you right now? You may be in this room today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's one of the questions I want to ask you. Would you be against giving your life to Jesus today? Mm, mm, mm. Would you be opposed to open up your heart and allowing the God of the universe to step in? If you've answered no to these two questions, what stands in the way of you doing that right now? And uh, I love <laughs> that because the, the what stands in the way is a modified no-oriented question. Yes, sir. It's a modified no-oriented question because what you're trying to get out of them is 
As a matter of fact, nothing. <laughs> exactly. It's standing right. in the way. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't know, but I would if I was again in Vegas, I would bet on the fact that you are increasing the number of people that are raising their hand and coming forward. Absolutely. Cause I'm not just going for this yes against all of their preconceived notions yeah. in there, especially in 2023 deconstruction over here, church hurt over there. Is Jesus even real? Is this the white man's religion? Like, like all these different things. Yeah. I'm not going to battle with that. I'm just going to ask you, would you be opposed? Mm. Would you be against? And if you've answered no, I'm not looking for no yeses. What would stand in the way? I love that. Of you doing this. You answer that question. I'm not answering that question for you. Is it your ego? Is it your pride? Yeah. Is it your family of origin? Maybe you grew up as a Muslim and now you've heard the gospel and you're like, I'm a, I'm gonna blow up my whole family if I, you know what I mean? They're mm. never gonna talk to me again if mm. I accept Christ as the you know as the Messiah. So so that's literally, that's how I do it every single time and been doing it since 2020. You know what? You told me uh, it was. Uh, I, it was sometime in 2020. Uh, you told me it was via text. We were going back and forth. And you said to me, every church in America, every, every church, every, all the leadership with all the churches of America need. I, I surely book. did. I absolutely, I, abs I surely did say it. And I was like, <laughs> I was blown by that because yeah. I was like, if if he's saying that every church in America should have their leadership read that book, I was I was gratified and I was troubled at the same time mm. because this is a guy that's in the church and he's seen churches and he mm. travels around and he knows what's going on and the structure and how it operates. And I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, if if church leadership needs this, yeah. Across the board, we're we're worse off than I thought we were. Yeah, uh, no, that's that's yeah, it's a big deal. Absolutely correct. Yeah, um, the church breeds narcissism. Mm. There's actually there's actually um, a book that was written called "When Narcissism Comes to Church" or "When Narcissism Goes to Church." Uh, and it talks about the environment by which the people subconsciously actually want a narcissist. And so the narcissist knows y'all want me. You want a self-absorbed, larger-than-life figure that you can put your hopes and dreams in. Mm. And therefore, he appears. He or she appears. <laughs> Because the environment is conducive for it. Now, it's completely antithetical to the blueprint of leadership that, that Jesus gives. But some people need it in different ways. Yeah. This wasn't the aha book on it. This was confirmation. Yeah. Right? I've been an ego killer my whole life. I have, it's humility. I mean, when, when scripture says humble yourself, you have to be, that means it presupposes you have the self-awareness to know when you're prideful. You can't yeah. give somebody the command to humble themselves right. if they can't be aware that they're no longer humble. So if you've ever said, I'm feeling myself, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then you know, I, 
you know what? I think I, I think I got it together. If you can't shoot that, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't detect that, you're in trouble. A, a self-conscious person is a scary person to be around. A self-aware person is one of the safest persons to be around because at least they know. Mm. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, I Anybody that's rocking with the basement, ego, authority, and failure is for you. Th- not, this might be a book that blesses you. This book is for you, fam. Don't listen to me and then you don't want to read what I read. Stop it. <laughs> don't say, you're my mentor from afar and you ain't read one book I've recommended. <laughs> you can't even get through this whole pod. They ain't talking about enough church stuff and he ain't brought out of his Bible. I'm trying to grow you up, man. You can't just listen to every, I ain't going to just have evangelists and pastors on here. Stop playing. We're trying to grow up. <laughs> I want you to be well-rounded. That can't yes. happen unless we bring on people that stretch you. And Derek is a stretcher. He will stretch you. He stretched me. He stretches you. And so, um, thank you, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You this are a fun. gift. I'm so so. So it sounds like you'll come back. Oh, without question, <laughs> without question. You you pick up the phone. You let me know. Yes, the sir. Next date and time, and and I'm 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 back out here. No, man. That that would that would be a blessing to me. It would be a blessing to us. And um, I really appreciate your wisdom. And I'm glad that we did that skip bounce and put that plane back up in the arrow because it was like it was like wringing out the dishwag. There was more in you yeah, that we yeah, needed today. Yeah, I so appreciate thank it. you so much. Thanks, man. All right, y'all. I love you guys. Um, until next time, peace. It's so good.